The stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Ling. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our look at the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at the Investigators in the box. We have previews for Carson Sinclair, Amani Zidane, Kamani Jones, and Charlie Kane. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these product previews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to my coverage of the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at the investigators in the box. As I mentioned in the preview, we are getting six new investigators this time around. We have uh, Carson Sinclair, who will be the Guardian. Daryl Sims, who will presumably be the Seeker. That has not been confirmed, but he is a photographer after all, so discovering clues seems like it would be in his wheelhouse. Kaimani Jones, the Rogue. Amina Zidane, the Mystic. Vincent Lee, who presumably is the survivor. He is a doctor after all, so he will be healing damage. And Charlie Kane, only the second neutral investigator in the box. We do have uh, the stat lines for many of the investigators. So far, we have Carson Sinclair, who is a 2-2-2-2 across the board. Kaimani Jones is a 3 willpower, 2 intellect, 2 combat, and 5 agility investigator. It's always nice to see that... Uh, Big number five in the agility slot if you're playing a rogue. Amina Zidane has three willpower, three intellect, three combat, and three agility. A bit unusual for a mystic. No five willpower this time around. And uh, Charlie Kane has ones across the board. One willpower, one intellect, one combat, and one agility. He relies heavily on uh, his allies to do a lot of the heavy lifting for him. This uh, expansion will also feature the new customizable keyword that allows you to spend experience to grant player cards, increased stats, reduced costs, or new abilities. Check out my other video about the customizable keyword. There is a lot going on there, and it really deserves a video of its own. We are going to take a look at uh, three, three and a half of the investigators. We're going to take a look at Carson, Amina, Kaimani, and Charlie. I have done a separate uh, video that is a deep dive about Charlie, so if you're interested in hearing my thoughts about having played Charlie, as well as uh, some uh, deck building tips, check out uh, that video. Carson Sinclair is the butler. He is a guardian investigator specializing in uh, support. All of his abilities and uh, signature cards are geared towards helping other investigators, as we shall see. He has two willpower, two intellect, two combat, and two agility, so uh, very low stats, similar to uh, Amanda, who was released in uh, the Innsmouth Conspiracy. He has the assistant trait. Not sure if that's relevant right now, not even in the, uh, the Dream Eaters uh, campaign. You may take an additional action during your turn, which can only be used on the below action ability. Action, choose another investigator at your location. They immediately take an action as if it were their turn. 
limit once per round for each investigator. His Elder Sign effect is plus zero. Draw one card. You may resolve this effect anytime another investigator at your location resolves their Elder Sign effect. He has six health and six sanity. Now, if uh, Carson's ability looks uh, familiar, that's because we've seen it before. There was a card, uh, a Seeker event called Guidance that was released uh, back in the Black Stars Rise in uh, Mythos pack. It has since been reprinted in the uh, Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion. Guidance uh, was a free event that uh, let you choose another investigator at your location who has yet to take his or her turn this round. That investigator may take an additional action during his or her turn this round. Carson's ability is uh, very similar, except the uh, investigators don't have to have not taken their turns. He can give them an action whenever he wants. One of the biggest issues with Guidance, of course, is that uh, basically if you were playing this card, you were giving up an action to let another investigator take an action. So you were taking two, the other in investigator would get uh, an extra action. I have never played this card. I haven't seen many people play this card. Judging by the number of decks over on Arkham DB, not many people have played this card. So uh, the I guess the designers decided to take another crack at this ability uh, in Carson. As I mentioned at the top, Carson Sinclair is a support investigator, and in all honesty, I'm probably not the right uh, content creator to talk about Carson. Carson is a multiplayer investigator through and through. His ability is all about helping other investigators around the table and is someone, someone who plays predominantly solo. I'm probably not going to be playing Carson anytime soon, and uh, if I am to play multiplayer at some point, Carson is probably not the investigator I will reach for, so he's not really an investigator that uh, either suits my playstyle when I'm playing solo or in multiplayer, so chances are uh, Carson is not going to uh, see much play from me. I guess you could play him solo, but uh, playing a 2 2 2 to investigator with a basically a blank text box and uh, six health and six sanity doesn't uh, sound like that much fun to me. His uh, signature cards also deal almost exclusively with the multiplayer format and his uh, signature weakness could be a bit painful in solo as well. So he is not the investigator for me, but uh, I am sure there are other players out there who enjoy playing a support role around the table and uh, Carson uh, is uh, right up there, Alley. Now, uh, his ability basically lets you farm out your, uh, your actions to other investigators at the table. So Carson gets one free action that he can uh, use to trigger his ability, and then you can trigger that ability as many times as you want, as long as it's one limit one per investigator. So Theoretically, in a four-player game, Carson could hand out three of his actions to other players around the table, and then he would have one action remaining for himself. That kind of playstyle doesn't really appeal to me all that much. I usually sit down at the table to play my investigator and simply sort of hanging out with other investigators and passing my actions off to them uh, doesn't really appeal to me all that much. I guess this presumes that the other investigators' actions are going to be that much more impactful than yours, which I guess when you have a 2-2-2-2 stat line is probably the case, but uh, 
I guess it is nice to have that option if you are tagging along with a bunch of investigators. They say have five intellect and they need to investigate a high shroud location and there's only one clue there. Carson can hand them an extra action. They can get the job done and the party continue, can continue on their merry way. One of the important things to note is that we do not know the deck building options for any of the investigators that have been spoiled with the exception of Charlie Kane. So we don't know what Carson, Amina, and uh, Kaimani can do on their backsides. Many players have speculated that Carson is going to be an investigator who is focused on skills, much like uh, an investigator like Min or Silas. So potentially his deck building options will include uh, taking skills from many different uh, classes. That would be uh, certainly certainly support his uh, role as a support investigator, being able to contribute uh, skills to a bunch of different tests. And his uh, signature card is also happens to be a skill, which sort of supports that theory. There is also a... Uh, new skill helping hands that we will look at during our review of the uh, spoilers from the FFG announcement that uh, also encourages uh, sort of lends to the theory that uh, Carson will be all about skills. So basically I think if you're playing Carson you are playing that support role you're going to be sticking very close to at least one other investigator if not the entire group. You're going to be supporting them by uh, contributing uh, skill cards to their skill tests. If they have impact, impactful actions that they want to take, Carson will be giving them extra actions in order to uh, achieve things. And his uh, Elder Sign effect plays into this uh, sort of play style where you're going to be hanging out with the other investigators because if another investigator at his location uh, draws an Elder Sign, Carson gets to... Uh, resolve his Elder Sign effect as well and uh, draw one card, which is uh, nice. Of course, if you're playing three or four player, the odds of seeing more Elder Signs is uh, a lot higher. So the chances of uh, Carson drawing a fair number of cards with his ability certainly goes up in uh, higher player counts. Or if you're playing somebody like Father Mateo, who uh, can certainly has uh, more options to trigger uh, Elder Sign abilities. The one thing to note about uh, Carson's special ability, the action anyway, is that it is an action and it does trigger attacks of opportunity. I don't expect Carson to be engaged with a lot of enemies since he is going to be hanging out with other investigators and uh, presumably they will be dealing with most of the enemies for the poor butler. He's, uh, I guess from a thematic perspective, he's uh, very thematic. I mean, uh, uh, sort of the, the weak elderly butler with uh, very low stats who is simply there to support the uh, other investigators at the table. Again, he's probably not the investigator for me. Can't play him in solo. Probably won't play him in multiplayer because I don't really play the support role all that often. So uh, hopefully he will find a place uh, in the community. Let's take a look at uh, Carson's signature cards, both of which were spoiled. His uh, signature skill is As You Wish. It's a skill with uh, three wild skill icons, the practiced and expert trait, Carson Sinclair deck only. Commit only to a skill test being performed by another investigator. If this skill test succeeds, the performing investigator draws one card. If this test fails, you draw one card. So this card is... Uh, 
very similar to the neutral skills that were released in uh, the core set in that uh, you commit this to a skill test performed by another investigator if they succeed they get to draw a card and uh, if you f if they happen to fail Carson gets to draw a card so it does have that uh, cantrip effect on uh, the uh, neutral skills it's a little hard for me to get very excited about as you wish it uh, reminds me a lot of uh, Winifred Habamuck's uh, signature skill anything you can do better just a pile of uh, wild skill icons not really much else to say about it you'll commit this to a skill test performed by another investigator and um, they either succeed or fail and somebody draws a card that's uh, that's pretty much it obviously being able to to chip in with three wild skill icons is fantastic but uh, in terms of uh, exciting uh, signature cards in this box uh, certainly this one does not really appeal to me all that much and I can certainly think of uh, when I think of say Charlie Kane and uh, Bonnie Walsh Bonnie is uh, way more exciting in fact uh, looking at the art on this picture I would be much more uh, interested in a signature uh, asset around that key that uh, Sinclair seem or Carson seems to be holding rather than uh, this card but uh, really no problems with the card three wild icons can't really go wrong but uh, not overly exciting it does have the practice trait though which is kind of important if uh, he does have access to seeker cards like uh, practiced makes perfect so that uh, that may be an option for uh, for Carson if uh, if his deck building includes uh, the seeker card pool Carson's signature weakness is selfless to a fault it has the flaw trait revelation put selfless to a fault into play in your threat area forced at the end of your turn if you did not commit at least one card to a skill test performed by another investigator this turn take one horror and shuffle selfless to a fault into your skill deck i mentioned uh, playing carson in solo is pretty much a non-starter given his stat line his uh, low health and sanity and his special ability that revolves entirely around the multiplayer format his uh, signature weakness does him no favor either since you cannot trigger the forced effect there's no way you could commit a skill card to another investigator's test so you're just going to take horror with this one this card really doesn't seem that bad to me to be honest if you're playing Carson presumably you're going to be hanging out with other investigators in in multiplayer maybe there's going to be one or two other investigators at your location Carson is going to be incentivized to be con committing skill cards to their skill test. It doesn't even have to be a skill card. It just has to be any card. So Carson is incentivized to commit cards to other players' skill tests. So this will, you're going to draw this. It's going to cost you a draw, which is kind of annoying. Then it's going to just sit in your threat area. You're going to have to commit skill cards every turn. But if you're playing Carson, presumably well or just doing what Carson does you're going to be doing that pretty often so occasionally you might take a horror if you end up in a situation where you cannot commit a skill card to another skill test you'll take a horror the thing is the horror is not direct horror so Carson can either soak it himself or he can pawn it off to one of his probably many assets. He can pawn it off to like uh, the there's a new uh, set of armor in this uh, box that has uh, that can soak the horror for him. Or there are many many allies that can soak uh, one horror for Carson. So 
I really don't expect this card to uh, to be that big of an issue for Carson. If you're playing him as intended, presumably you're going to be with other investigators. Presumably you're going to be committing cards to their skill tests. And selfless to a fault is hardly going to impact you. Besides the, the draw it's going to cost you and maybe a horror here and there. So... In terms of uh, of basic weaknesses, this one is uh, not that much of a threat. All in all, it's uh, really hard for me to uh, to judge Carson. I don't play multiplayer all that often. I do enjoy it, but uh, I am pretty much alone in the area where I live, so I have to contend myself with uh, solo play, and uh, Carson doesn't lend himself to that, so... Uh, I will leave it to uh, other uh, content creators to uh, to delve uh, a little bit deeper into Carson's deck building once we know what his uh, deck building options are. I do know there are members of the community who are very excited about Carson's potential, and uh, I uh, think that he will be a great investigator for uh, some players out there, just not for me. Carson doesn't really have much to offer me, but uh, you can't say the same thing about Amina Zidane, the new Mystic Investigator. I play a lot of Mystic and Survivor as a solo player, so I am very excited that they uh, spoiled Amina in the preview article. Amina is a brand new character to the Arkham Horror Files universe. Amina is the long-awaited Mystic Investigator who will play around with Doom, her uh, response allows you to uh, reduce the cost of assets by adding doom to, the, doom to them, and her Elder Sign effect lets you move Doom around on cards. So uh, very excited to finally see Amina enter the card pool. Amina's stat line is uh, a little atypical for a Mystic. She has threes across the board, three willpower, three intellect, three combat, and three agility. So she doesn't have the five willpower of uh, uh, an investigator like Agnes or Akachi, but nor does she have some of the traditional mystic weaknesses, uh, specifically in intellect and uh, combat. So while she does give up the willpower, she does have a little bit more intellect and combat than most uh, mystics do. Now, I don't think Amina is the type of investigator that you're going to be using to play sort of in one of those traditional mystic styles where you stack willpower to the moon and uh, rely on cards like shriveling and uh, right of seeking to do the heavy lifting when you're fighting enemies or uh, discovering clues. I think Amina's play style is going to lend itself more to uh, some of the assets in the, in the box. Check out my video about the uh, cards that were spoiled. There's Ceremonial Sickle and Dousing Rod, both of which play very nicely with uh, Amina's abilities. So I think she is going to take Mystics in a slightly different direction than, than we have seen with Mystics like uh, Agnes and Akachi, and uh, that is a very exciting prospect. Let's dig into Amina's ability a little bit more. She has the Chosen and Cursed traits as a response when you play an asset. You can reduce its co resource cost by three. It enters play with one Doom on it, limit once per round. And her Elder Sign effect is plus two. You may move all Doom from a card at your location to another card at your location. She has five health and nine sanity. So no surprise there. Very similar uh, health and sanity to other Mystics. Now, now one of the problems that uh, Mystics tend to face is they uh, resources can be very tight. A lot of Mystic assets 
cost three, four, even five resources. And they need those assets in order to uh, fight or investigate. So uh, resources can be very tight uh, while they get set up, much like Guardians. Amina's ability alleviates that problem to a great extent. She can reduce the resource cost of an asset that enters play by three. So if she happens to be playing Shriveling, Shriveling is free. If you're playing Rite of Seeking, Rite of Seeking comes down to one for one resource. So that uh, is going to uh, really help her uh, get set up a lot faster. You can drop Shriveling and Rite of Seeking for a couple of Doom. And then if you can find a way to get that Doom off the table, all the better. Uh, some of the assets that were spoiled with her really help in this regard, both the Ceremonial Sickle and the Dowsing Rod that uh, seem custom-made for Amina have abilities on them which allow you to remove the Doom. So you can play the Ceremonial Sickle for, I think it's free, add a Doom to it, and then once you attack an enemy and kill it, you get to remove the Doom. So while Amina is adding Doom to play, a lot of, this car, a lot of the cards in the box look like they'll be helping her remove Doom from play as well, so that won't be uh, as big a concern. Her Elder Sign effect is plus two, and you can move all Doom from a card at your location to another card at your location. Uh, one of the ways the preview article suggests using this ability is uh, if you draw an Elder Sign, you can move Doom from one of your cards to an enemy that you are then going to kill, and that Doom ev evaporates. So. It's not something you can rely on to remove Doom. I think you're probably still going to want to dust off your copies of uh, Moonlight Ritual from the uh, Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion in order to remove Doom from cards in play. But uh, her Elder Sign effect does give you a way to shuffle the Doom around the table a little bit and uh, get rid of it if you are able to uh, defeat enemies. The preview article also spoiled Amina's signature cards uh, Word of Wheel and Word of Woe, both of which encourage Amina to play around with uh, Doom even more. Word of Wheel is a packed trait. Amina Zidane deck only fast. Play when you perform a skill test on an asset with one or more Doom on it. You get to add your willpower to this skill value for this test. Then if Word of Woe is in your discard pile, you may shuffle it into your deck. So uh, this uh, works well again with some of the assets that were previewed in the article and uh, you can add Doom to them. Those assets also let you use either your willpower or your combat when you attack with them. So uh, if you play Word of Wheel, you get to add your willpower to that as well. So she's got three willpower and three combat, so she's fighting. She plays an asset, say, on the cheap with her ability, adds a Doom to it then plays Word of Wheel to attack with it. Say if it's, we'll just say the Enchanted Blade for, for argument's sake, she will get that attack bonus using her combat and then add another three on top of that with uh, Word of Wheel. And then if Word of Woe is in your discard pile, you get to shuffle that back into your deck and vice versa if you play Word of Woe. Word of Woe is a two-cost event that is fast. Play only during your turn. Place one Doom on an asset you control to resolve an action ability on it, ignoring all costs, including its action cost. Then if Word of Wheel is in your discard pile, you may shuffle it into your deck. Again, here's another card that encourages you to play around with the uh, Doom on the table. You can add a Doom to an asset you control and basically use it for free. You don't pay any costs. I assume if you 
tag this on a, a shriveling with a doom on it you wouldn't pay the uh, the charges at all basically a free action uh, which is uh, very nice indeed and then if word of wheel is in your discard pile then you get to shuffle that back into your deck so you if you can get a nice uh, flow going you can play word of wheel then word of woe and vice versa and uh, keep swapping them both of these cards are fast and they work well in tandem with uh, some of the assets that were spoiled in the box namely ceremonial sickle and uh, dousing rod both of which give you options to add doom to them when you play them and have options to remove that doom when you use them so this uh, gives uh, amina a way to get rid of some of that doom and add more if she wants one of the big questions i have about amina is whether uh, some of the scenarios in the scarlet keys campaign We'll have longer Doom Thresholds in order to accommodate uh, her playstyle. There is a chance that you could add a significant amount of Doom to the table in a very short period of time if you're playing Amina. And so uh, this would give you, uh, if you had a slightly longer Doom Threshold on scenarios, that would give newer players uh, a chance to play with Amina without sort of freaking out about all the Doom that they're adding to the clock and making the uh, the scenario tick by a lot faster. Uh, we didn't receive any previews of cards that really remove Doom from play, unlike the Ceremonial Sickle and Dousing Rod, so we will have to wait and see whether there is a card specifically that removes Doom from play, much like Moonlight Ritual from uh, the Dunwich Legacy. Perhaps we will receive an upgrade for the Moonlight Ritual, maybe a level 2 version that removes Doom from multiple cards in play. That might be... Uh, something that uh, Mina would be interested in or maybe there'll be another effect that uh, we uh, can't foresee at this uh, time but uh, Amina certainly uh, is going to make a lot of players revisit all those cards that add uh, doom to cards in play of course Amina also has a signature weakness deafening silence it has the omen trait revelation move one doom from an asset you control to the current agenda this may cause the current agenda to advance if no doom is moved in this way, shuffle Deafening Silence back into your deck. Uh, this effect is uh, very familiar to longtime players of the game. It is basically Ancient Evils. Uh, ancient Evils place one doom on the current agenda. This can cause the agenda to advance. So if you draw Deafening Silence and there is doom on one of the cards that Amina controls, she's going to have to move one of those doom to the agenda it can cause the agenda to advance now it's important to point out here that uh, if amina is able to keep the amount of doom on the table under control deafening silence does have a chance to whiff in which case you've basically lost the card draw and uh, nothing else uh, if she hasn't kept the doom under control one of those doom is going to go on the agenda that's a little annoying, but in terms of uh, basic weaknesses, once again, this one doesn't feel all that bad. I think if you're playing Amina the way she is intended to be played, you're probably going to have Doom on cards in play when this thing comes out of your uh, draw deck. So you're going to have to move one of those Doom. There's really not much you can do about it. And you'll move on. So it's a really a one-time effect that's going to cost you a card draw and speed up the game a little bit but uh, it's not really gonna like unless you're in a tense race to the finish this i don't think is going to be that bad uh, at all 
Long story short, I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, playing Amina. Once again, we don't know what her deck building options are, so we don't know which uh, classes that she can take besides uh, Mystic. We have already seen some cards in the spoiler, uh, Ceremonial Sickle and uh, Dowsing Rod in particular, that uh, play very well with uh, Amina's uh, ability to reduce the cost and add Doom. I'm sure there'll be more that we will see as uh, spoiler season ramps up here towards the release of uh, the Scarlet Keys this fall. Amina is also going to give us a chance to revisit uh, some of the cards that we've seen in the past. Adding Doom to cards is a theme that has sort of, they've the designers have sprinkled uh, very lightly through uh, previous sets, and uh, so Amina is uh, going to give us a chance to uh, revisit those cards and uh, see uh, what we can do. She, I don't think she's the type of investigator, or I don't think she's the type of mystic anyway, that you're going to spend a lot of time stacking, do, uh, stacking willpower as high as possible, which uh, is uh, going to be a, a refreshing change for players like me who have uh, gotten used to playing uh, Agnes or, or Akachi. Eagle-eyed players also spotted a, another investigator, this time on the back of the box for the uh, Scarlet Keys investigator expansion. This is Kaimani Jones, the rogue investigator. Uh, Kaimani is the security consultant. They have uh, three willpower, two intellect, two combat, and five agility. Always like to see uh, a five in the stat line especially in agility if I'm uh, playing a rogue. Uh, Kaimani is another brand new character to the Arkham Horror Files universe. They have the criminal trait with a free triggered ability, engage an exhausted enemy. And as a response, when you attempt to evade an exhausted non-elite enemy, add your intellect to your skill value for this attempt. If you succeed by at least X, where X is the enemy's remaining health, discard it. The Elder Sign effect is plus one, and if there is an exhausted enemy at your location, you automatically succeed instead. And uh, they have eight health and six sanity. If uh, Kaimani's ability seems familiar to players out there, that is because, uh, much like uh, Carson, we have seen this ability before in the card uh, Waylay, which was released in uh, the Pallid Mask uh, Mythos pack since reprinted in the Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion. Waylay was a three-cost survivor event that had two agility skill icons, has the tactic trait, choose an exhausted non-elite enemy at your location and test X agility, where X is that enemy's evade value. If you succeed, defeat that enemy. Kaimani's ability is very similar, except you, are, uh, you have to succeed by X, where X is that enemy's remaining health. Now, Kaimani has five agility already. If you add two to that, they are testing at a seven right out of the box. So at this point, it just really depends on the enemy's health. Say most enemies have three or four health. So you're going to have to succeed by three or four against undamaged enemies, which is quite a bit. But if you are starting at a seven, you're already uh, three or four, um, say three or four up before the pull. So you probably will need to commit some skill cards and or boosts using cards like uh, hard knocks or something like that, spending resources in order to boost Kaimani's uh, ability even higher if you want to uh, discard that enemy 
but I am very excited about Kaimani. Since the beginning of this game, I have wanted the ability to play an investigator totally uh, with evasion, not killing any enemies at all. And uh, that has been very difficult to do, largely because there are certain enemies in this game that just have to die. Thinking of uh, enemies, of course, like the uh, Wizard of the Order, who is adding doom at the end of every mythos phase. You can't afford to leave a wizard on the or wizard of the order on the table unscathed, and uh, there hasn't really been an ability outside of waylay for agility or evasion-based investigators, I should say, to eliminate those types of enemies. Kaimani comes along and uh, gives you a way to do that, so uh, I am looking forward to playing them uh, at some point down the line. A little worried about having uh, two intellect, but of course. As long as Kaimani has access to lockpicks, they are going to be investigating at a 7. No harm there. In terms of rogues, they have very high uh, willpower at 3, which is uh, very, very good for a rogue, that is. Not much uh, in the way of combat, but obviously Kaimani is focused on evading enemies more than uh, fighting them. So I don't see a problem there. I guess the big question with Kaimani right now is uh, whether enemies in the Scarlet Keys will have three or four health, or will they be tougher? Are we going to be facing a lot of enemies that have five, six, maybe even seven health? There are a few cards in the expansion that uh, kind of hint to me that we're going to be seeing some tougher enemies or enemies that we can't necessarily deal with that easily. In which case, uh, an investigator like Kaimani, who can come along and simply discard them without fighting them, is going to be uh, useful. Of course, you can only use this ability on exhausted enemies. Fortunately, Kaimani comes with an ability, a free triggered ability, to engage those exhausted enemies. So I think the line of play here will be uh, Kaimani engages the enemy, probably for free evades it using some sort of ability there are plenty in the rogue card pool then you will use the free triggered ability to engage that enemy again and then use uh, kaimani's response on that second evasion to attempt to uh, to discard that enemy so if enemies continue to have two three four health i don't think it will be that big of an issue for kaimani to uh, discard them if we run into enemies, say, like the Conglomeration of Spheres that have six health, well, that's going to be a little bit uh, more challenging, even for a five agility rogue to, uh, to accomplish. However, if you're playing in multiplayer, you can have other, uh, other investigators at the table who uh, are responsible for enemy management to chip away at some of these enemies. Then uh, Kaimani uh, swoops in and kills steals and basically evades that enemy once and discards it. So that can save you a lot of tempo, I think, if uh, if done correctly, rather than having to chew through like five, six, seven, eight, nine health on some of these enemies. Uh, Kaimani can sort of short circuit that uh, that long combat. You sort of get that enemy down low enough, and then Kaimani comes in and gets rid of it. The one limitation here, of course, is that it's limited to non-elite enemies. So you're not going to be able to do this against bosses. Unfortunately, it's simply uh, simply the non-elite enemies. But, I mean, there are plenty of those. 
we just have to find out sort of what is the nature of the non-elite enemies in the Scarlet Keys to, to really get a good idea as to what uh, Kaimani's ability is going to be like. Again, we don't know what uh, Kaimani's deck building options are. We don't know what class they use. So that is, uh, that is for a future video once we find out uh, what uh, they can actually uh, put in their deck. The preview article contained one more investigator, that being Charlie Kane, the politician. Now, Charlie was spoiled oh, at this point about a month ago over on the uh, uh, Mythos Busters uh, podcast by uh, designer Maxine Newman. So he is uh, not really new if you've been uh, paying attention to uh, the spoilers that have been released so far. I have done an entire video breaking down uh, some of Char Charlie's deck building options, some of the allies that he's interested in uh, using. I would highly suggest uh, taking a look at that video. I'm just going to give a, a, a really quick overview of Charlie for players out there. And then if you're interested in digging a little bit deeper into uh, the options at this stage of the game, uh, certainly check that video out. Now, Charlie is only the second neutral investigator in the game and his uh, abilities and signature cards revolve all around allies. He has ones across the board, so he is very, very weak starting off, but he does have three additional ally slots for a total of four. The thing is that Charlie really needs those allies because uh, as a free triggered ability, during a skill test you are performing, you can exhaust an ally asset you control. For this test, you get plus one skill value plus an additional plus one for each skill icon that ally asset has that matches the skill test type. His Elder Sign effect is plus three and ready an ally asset at your location. He only has six health and six sanity. That's not too big of an issue in my experience because he does have so many allies in play to soak damage and horror for him. Now, just to give you a, a brief idea as to how Charlie's ability works, Say you have a Beat Cop on the table. Beat Cop is giving Charlie a passive plus one uh, combat skill bonus. And then if Charlie exhausts the Beat Cop during a skill test, he is getting an additional plus two. Uh, one from the Beat Cop card itself and then one because of the uh, combat skill icon. So if you're playing Charlie at level zero, most uh, level zero allies only have one skill icon. So the most you're getting from most of them is a, a plus two. There is a, a couple of allies, Greta Wagner and uh, Joy the Rat Vigil, that uh, have a couple of skill icons. But once you gain a few experience, Charlie can really excel uh, because you have allies like uh, the upgraded version of Greta Wagner, who gives you two passive skill bonuses as well as three skill icons on her, including a wild skill icon. So she can boost Charlie by, I think, four with an exhaust. Uh, Michael Lay, the new uh, Guardian Seeker ally that was released in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion, has a similar uh, passive boosts and uh, skill icons. He can do a lot of work for Charlie. And then, of course, there's uh, Lola Santiago, from uh, the uh, Heart of the Elders Mythos pack, who has two uh, intellect skill icons and gives you a passive intellect boost and agility boost. So with one exhaust from uh, Lola during a skill test, Charlie goes from a one to a four, or sorry, a one to a five. So uh, with Lola at his side, Charlie uh, is uh, pretty tough to stop. Now, Charlie's deck building restrictions have been spoiled 
and uh, they include every ally in the game and then two classes from of your choice but you only get level zero to two cards so you you do have the flexibility much like the other neutral investigator lola hayes from the path to carcosa you get to pick whichever classes you want but your card choices within those classes is uh, very limited in charlie but of course charlie's all about allies and you get to play whichever ally you want with charlie so that is uh, very nice indeed but do check out my charlie kane video which goes into a lot more detail about uh, his deck building options just going to take a quick look for those who haven't seen charlie kane's signature cards he has uh, bonnie walsh the loyal assistant three cost asset with two willpower or two wild skill icons ally civic and assistant trait charlie kane deck only response after you exhaust bonnie walsh ready another ally asset you control limit once per round she has two health, two sanity, and takes up an ally slot. I have had a chance to uh, play Charlie quite a bit, and uh, I can tell you that uh, Bonnie is an absolutely amazing ally for Charlie. Any ally that has wild skill icons on it is gold in Charlie, and uh, you can exhaust Bonnie Walsh and basically add three to any of Charlie's stats, which is uh, great. Suddenly he goes from a one to a four. And her ability to uh, ready another ally when she exhausts is even better because there's all sorts of tricks you can play. You can exhaust an ally to gain a skill boost, then exhaust Bonnie to ready that ally, to exhaust that ally again to get another skill boost. So Charlie's stats can reach some astronomical numbers uh, once you start uh, playing around uh, with those uh, with those allies and uh, Bonnie is a plays a pivotal role in that i know in uh, many of my test games with charlie having bonnie around the games always uh, went better than uh, when bonnie was not we have looked at a couple of uh, fairly tame signature weaknesses uh, in this uh, uh, preview so far both uh, carson sinclair and amina zidane basically having sort of meh signature weaknesses you cannot say the same about uh, Burden of Leadership. It has the flaw trait Revelation. If you control no ally assets, shuffle Burden of Leadership back into your deck. Otherwise, for each ally asset you control, either exhaust it or deal one direct damage and one direct horror. Man, oh man, if you draw this at the wrong time, it can wipe Charlie's board because it will kill every ally uh, on the table. Even if it doesn't kill all your allies, you have to exhaust them, which... Honestly, when your stats are 11111 across the board and you rely on allies for skill boosts, exhausting them all is uh, can be just as bad and can basically make Charlie uh, miss a turn. This thing can be very very nasty uh, in my experience and uh, it's something if you're playing Charlie, you have to be constantly aware of uh, whether you have drawn burden of leadership or not and whether your allies are exhausted or ready or not because if you happen to exhaust all your allies you use them to soak a little bit of damage and horror you think they're okay you draw burden of leadership during the upkeep phase and bang they're all dead so it is uh, very rough indeed but uh, probably necessary to keep uh, charlie from uh, snowballing out of control
That's going to do it for my look at uh, some of the investigators in the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. We still don't know what uh, Daryl Sims and uh, Vincent Lee do, so we'll be uh, looking out for spoilers for those. We also don't know what uh, the deck building options are for any of the investigators besides uh, Charlie Kane. So mysteries abound ahead of uh, the Scarlet Keys uh, release. We will be uh, looking out for those to find out uh, what classes we get to mix and match in uh, some of these investigators. So far, it's uh, I have to say it's a bit of a mixed bag. Obviously, I'm probably never going to play Carson. I'm very excited about Amina and uh, Kaimani looks pretty cool as well. I have had a chance to play Charlie. He is certainly viable in solo as well as multiplayer as it stands now, and he is only going to get better once uh, the Scarlet Keys is released, and I expect no less for the other investigators in the box. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.